0: Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host, Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello. 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 Okay, guys, we are going to talk today about um, how to structure your copy for all kinds of different projects. Now, big caveat up front. um, This is a big topic. There's no way we're going to be able to dig into specific examples or tell you exactly how to do it in, you know, what the, the half hour, 40 minutes we'll spend talking about it. Maybe less, who knows? Um, we have, a whole, <laughs> we have a whole course dedicated to, uh, to this, among other topics, but, but it's a pretty big topic. That said, though, um, we know that when you are approaching a project and when you have that blank page in front of you, it can feel a little overwhelming when you're wondering what elements need to go in there, what elements don't need to go in there, all of that kind of thing. So we're going to kind of give you a, um, a jumping off point for your projects. Yeah.
1: And so one of the best ways to start is with your creative brief, like with any project, you need to start with a creative brief. And so we will link to the episode uh, that we recorded about combating blank page syndrome. Since we cover a lot of these pieces, we'll briefly cover them here too, and get into some other points that you want to consider. But the creative brief it will help you understand who your audience is, what the actual deliverable is, what the key message is that you need to convey, what your ultimate call to action is in the piece. And so you have certain elements. You should never be starting technically with a blank page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. will you have a, a blank Google doc, but yeah, you can start filling in the key points from your creative brief to say, okay, I know the call to action is to get people to sign up or to get people to buy or whatever your call to action is. And you can kind of put that in there, whether or not it's the copy you're gonna use, you can put it on your blank page and say, I know this element is gonna go somewhere over here mm-hmm. toward the maybe the bottom of your copy doc, or maybe it's multiple places on your copy doc, depending on the medium, and we'll get into that. But then you can also put in, your key message points and say, okay, at some point I need to hit on this and I need to hit on this. And here's some sub points within these key message points that I also think I want to hit on. Mm -hmm. And you might start with a ton of stuff and you might start to call it back again, depending on the medium. Uh, but at least you get it all out on the page. So you have lots of things on your page mm-hmm. from the get-go.
0: Yeah, exactly. The, I think it can be tempting sometimes for, for copywriters to think, ah, it's just a small project and I'm just going to skip the creative brief. The mm-hmm. creative brief is essential for every project. It is, it is your map of the project. It's, it's like um, if I walked up to somebody on the street in Boston and said, okay, your job is to get to San Francisco. Now go they go. I, 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 how do I get there? What way do I get there? What street? Do, do, do I take a plane? Have do I to take Google a Maps. Yes. <laughs> um, versus me going up to someone and saying, "Okay, you have to get to San Francisco. Here are the keys to the car. You're going to take this car. Here's how you're going to get gas. Here are the streets that you're going to take. It's it it's your guide to how." you're going to get there. And obviously you're gonna make some choices along the way. Uh, a creative brief is not gonna do your job for you, but it's going to give you um, the best possible definition, or I, I should say, it's gonna give you constraints, but constraints in the best possible definition in that it, it lets you know what things you need to include, what things you don't need to include, all of that kind of thing. So always, always start with a creative brief. And then as Kate was saying, you can start putting things in there and you can put, start putting together an outline as well, which we certainly get into in that, the blank page mm-hmm. Um, But I think the the next place you were going, Kate, was the, the concept of the medium, mm-hmm. meaning what kind of a project is this? And, and I mean, you guys know copywriting, you, you see copywriting in, or you should, I should say you see copy in, in. A ton of different kinds of places on yes, on emails, but on billboards, on banner ads, on the back of packages, on the back of books, in direct mail pieces, in uh pamphlets, in leaflets, in other words that end with ets, no, um just <laughs> all, you know, on websites, on all kinds of stuff. We always say that um, you're probably never more than like five feet away from a piece of copy at any given point. Um, So when we say medium, we mean what kind of a project is this? Because this really going to dictate how much literal space you have to write in. Now, obviously something with uh, like a sales page, you might, you can kind of put in, uh, you have a lot more space and it could even get longer if you think of something else or your client thinks of something else to add. But there are other pieces that are really going to constrain you.
1: Yeah. Like a banner ad, which I know comrades of Copywriting Academy students, I think this is probably the one of the most challenging courses that you go through and the exercises that you do with writing banner ads, because you're forced to convey a powerful message in not very many words and a very tiny, tiny space. I think one of the briefs, you know, a a 300 by 250 pixel uh, banner ad, which throw that into Canva if you're playing around with Canva to see just how tiny that is. And if you have a big font size, what that starts to look like. Again, we're not designers, but it's a helpful tool to see how constrained you really are with, with certain sizes of projects. Mm -hmm. And you can start to get a sense of, okay, I need to convey this message. And my client maybe wanted all three of these messages, but I can really convey one. What is the most powerful? What is the most effective? Mm -hmm. And so with the medium, you know, there are different copy elements that aren't necessarily necessarily going to apply for every medium. So I'm thinking specifically a subject line, for example. If you're writing an email, you need a subject line.
0: If you're writing a landing page, you don't need a subject line. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's another point too, is is it's not just necessarily the the literal physical space, but sometimes it's also part of things to consider when it comes to the medium are, um, are the customer journey. Because you're going to, mm. you need a subject line for an email, certainly. But first of all, there are constraints. You can't just write a paragraph in a subject line. It's not going to work. Yeah. But also the way that you structure that subject line is going to be, you're going to write that in a different way than you would write. Another piece of copy because you have to catch people's attention in that inbox. And often you have to catch their attention within those first couple of words to make sure that they don't delete it. And then also within the email, the the, the customer experience, you have to catch their attention again within those first couple of lines because it's so easy to just delete an email. So anyway, sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to just, it's it's not just space. Sometimes it's customer experience, and that's part of the medium. Um all kinds of different considerations.
1: Yeah, that's such a great point. And I think we need to underscore the fact that no one is ever going to read all your copy. And I know you're like, yeah, right. No one is ever going to read everything that you write. Think about, you know, you might start reading all the copy that comes through in a specific email because you're now a copywriter and you were training to become a copywriter. And so you were analyzing copy and you're doing your due diligence reading things. But if you start to passively consume things and realize, Oh wait, I just deleted that. Why why did I just delete that email? Was it did you delete it before you even opened it because the subject line didn't grab your attention? Did you delete it once you opened it because it didn't in that first line capture your attention? Or maybe you got to the end of the email and you deleted it because the call to action wasn't relevant or the message didn't land with you, you were the wrong audience. What are all the things start to notice as you're analyzing that copy what made you do what you did because <laughs> that will help you when you're strategizing your own copy projects to say Okay, I know I want this audience to open this email, obviously want them to open this, but where where are they? What is the message I'm trying to convey? What do they need to hear? What is the most compelling thing that will get them to open it? And then once they do, how do I then? keep them engaged and lead them naturally to that call to action, make the call to action compelling enough that they click click through. Mm -hmm. Same thing with a sales page. How do you lead them through that page to take them, to get them to take the action? If our goal is to get them to take the action, you need to put yourself in the user's shoes and say, what what is this journey that they are on and how do I most effectively lead them from point A to point B? Mm-hmm. Kind of like us with the creative brief, your customer needs the map from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And that can be different things, again, depending on the medium. If it's in um, a pamphlet, a brochure, how are they getting from the the cover to the end and knowing that they might interact with it differently than you might expect? So They might read the back panel before they read the front panel. Or on a mailer, it might come to their uh, mailbox, uh, the back side, if you will. I always call it side one and side two because there are (laughs) two sides. It's not really a front and the back because, yes, there's a front, but it might not be what is the front when it's delivered in someone's inbox, and then they take it out and see the back. Mm -hmm. So thinking about all the ways someone could engage with your piece of copy to start to strategize the most effective way – to lead them to take that action.
0: Yeah, exactly, like back to that sales page example, you know, yes, the medium doesn't constrain you in that it doesn't doesn't tell you how short it has to be or how long it has to be, but that doesn't mean that you can just write a whole bunch of long copy. What that means is that in that medium, you have to figure out, okay, what's the best way to lead people through here? Do I need subheads to break up every mm-hmm. section? Probably need a headline to, to orient them. So they know what, what they're going to experience on this page with the benefit of reading mm-hmm. through this page is uh, the benefit the of taking the action yes to
1: subheads. I know you asked it as a question, but <laughs> just to throw it out there for people, there's nothing worse than just like a, a, an essay worth of copy with nothing to break up Mm -hmm. your eye again. Sorry, but I had to, it's, (laughs) it's my pet peeve, if you will, in addition to the phrase pet
0: peeve. (laughs) Oh, how ironic. Um, But yeah, so, so you need, you need something to break that up and that may be subheads to begin with. You may Mm. within that, within one of your sections, you may have lists and you may want to turn that into bullets or Mm. you may have uh, a section that just requires, a, a decent amount of copy. okay, can you break that up into paragraphs? Can, do you want to um, do you want to bold certain sections? Mm-hmm. On longer pieces, yes, you want to put in the, the most compelling information and remove any of the fluff. our students absolutely know that. but you also want to make it easy for people to skim, so that they can find out the information they need, get to a point where they're like, oh yeah, that interests me. And then they can quickly anchor to that point and read more. And then maybe they'll continue to read more and more. But on a long piece, the, the challenge of the medium is getting people to, um, getting is breaking up that copy and helping people orient to the pieces of information that they want to read, as well as highlighting the pieces of information that you want them to read, you know, on a sales page, something like a testimonial, you never want people to miss the testimonials. Mm -hmm. So how do, how do you, uh, how do you work with a designer to make sure that, the, that they are highlighted or how, where do you put them in the flow of the sales page so that, so that it is um, it is compelling, it's applicable and, and, all those kinds of things. So it's, it, you can have just as many challenges writing something long and making it effective as you can writing something short and making mm-hmm. it effective.
1: Quite frankly, I think the longer is actually harder in some ways, but copywriters don't think that because they think, well, I, they don't do the due diligence of going back and making it concise and really being ruthless. They're like, well, I've got the room, so I'm just, it's just going to stay there. But I think it's the, one of the most important things is it, starting with that outline, and to, especially using a sales page example, thinking of what what are the elements? What are the chunks that I need? Versus too often what I see is people just, you're just writing and you're not thinking of what is this section? What is the theme of this section? What do I want people to take away? And then you're mixing multiple messages in one section. So if you're uh, talking about the company and why the the company, like basically doing their, giving a USP for the company, and we'll link to the the USP episode uh, in case you're I'm wondering what what the heck are you talking about, Kate? Uh, but if if that's the focus of that section, and then you start adding in um, benefits of the product, it becomes you you start mixing different different messages together. So you're mm-hmm. focused on the company, but then you're focused on the product, and then people are not getting the takeaway that they need, mm-hmm. and they're not getting it in a quick, concise way. Yeah. And so thinking of especially with a something like a sales page, but even with a longer email or anything where there's multiple messages within the overarching message, if you will, to think of it, each thing as its own little puzzle piece. And I think that helps break the project into a more manageable chunks so mm-hmm. that you're not, I have to write a sales page. No, today I'm going to write the the top section or the hero area of the sales page. And it's going to, I'm going to work on that headline. And frankly, you might save that for the last piece is what I would recommend potentially. Uh, and then, okay, next day, I'm going to work on this, this USP for this company, because I'm tasked with writing that. And I want to include that in this area about why why them versus another service provider. And then I'm going to talk about, I'm going to write the section about testimonials and how do I want to structure that and thinking of each of these as its own thing. And then moving around to say, okay, what what makes most sense for the flow? If I am a user, what are what's the first important piece that I need to know? What's going to keep me reading to the next piece? And so on and so forth so that they get to The call to action and
0: actually are ready to take that Mm -hmm. action. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the medium is going to affect the structure, but also really fundamentally the message that you have to write is going to affect the structure. Mm -hmm. And along with who you are writing it to, you know, sometimes we, we talk to students and like, well, when do I use a subhead? When do I, when do I, okay, well, you use a subhead. If you need to give your headline more if you if you the audience needs more information if the headline uh catches their attention it's it's a great benefit but just a little bit more information would would benefit the the target audience if they it would if it would hook them in even more get them even more interested a little bit more invested then that's when you need a subhead or if it's immediately clear in the headline, for example, if you're writing in this audience, completely understands everything about this product or service, okay, or whatever it is you're trying to get them to do, you may not need a headline, Uh, excuse me, you may not need a subhead, but if it's something that is that is new to them, and maybe it's a new concept, maybe it's just, maybe it's a new audience to this message, you may need a subhead to explain it just a little bit more. You know, as we dig into this, this is one of the reasons that Kate and I will always say that templates don't work. You know, sometimes we'll see people like, opt in for my four templates on how to write the best emails, or opt in for my you know, or buy my sales page templates and just I, plug in your words, plug in be, your words, plug your play. Yeah. And it's, it. they don't work because every message is different and every business is different. You can't force fit elements in there. And quite frankly, if they did work, well, thank goodness they don't work because it would put us out of a job because our jobs require much more creativity and much more strategy than just plugging words into a template.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I know we mentioned designers earlier, but I think that's another thing to consider is if you're working with a designer, you don't have to shy away from starting to think visually in terms of would an image go well with this? How could I break up this text? Can I recommend to the designer that I'm working with that? this be done with icons instead of with just straight copy and starting to think about ways that you can say, okay, I have this big chunk of copy and we need to say all this. What are some other ways that I can structure it that makes it palatable to the reader in a way that they can digest, they have space for their eye to rest, all of those sorts of things. So Definitely don't be afraid to collaborate with your designer in that way, just as like you might accept a recommendation from a designer where they're like, Hey, I love this headline. Is there any way we could get, you know, cut one word from it and it would really help the layout or whatever it is. You're going to have those back and forth. So knowing that and not being afraid to, to explore those those ideas with your designer,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, or even just to say, you know, I'd love to break this up into three sections. But if possible, mm-hmm. I think it'd be good if we could do it horizontally. Is what? How could we do that, or something like that? You know, or or this looks like a lot of text. Is there a way that we can break this up in a couple of different ways, or anything along those lines? You can lean on your designer's mm-hmm. um, expertise, the way that they can lean on yours, uh, just as Kate was saying.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great point that you know not every piece is going to have a subhead. Not not every email is going to have a subhead. Not every sales page is going to have a subhead. It's not necessarily an element that you need in every single piece. Uh, just like you might not use bullets in every single piece that you write, but some might require it's a list and it works better as a list. Or you know you might have subsections and you might have subheads on pieces and have a lot of different chunks. And that could happen within an email, that could happen within a sales page, that could happen within an ebook certainly and you might start to think of things as sections or you know here's here's a header and maybe i have another header for a totally different topic in the, another part of the email if you're you know putting two messages in one email which depending on the piece you know might make sense uh but so just thinking about you know you have all of these tools if you will in your copywriter toolkit you have you have headlines you have subheads you have bullets you have CTAs, you could recommend it's a button versus a text link versus, you know, all sorts of things that you can do. And so thinking about which of those pieces make most sense for Mm -hmm. both the medium, for the audience and for that, what message you're trying to convey and knowing that, you know, you might keep some of your pieces in your tool bag and not use them. And you might use a couple of them multiple times. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no Black and white when it comes to structuring each piece of copy. Not every sales page is going to have, again, why templates don't work. Not everyone's going to be like this headline, and then this section's about this, and then this section's about this. It's it's going to vary based on your brief, and that's why everything goes back to the brief. What is mm-hmm. what is the goal of the project, and what pieces can you use to achieve this goal?
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that the the you have all these pieces which can be like, well, I've got all this stuff I could use. Always come back to the brief because that is going to guide you and not just when you are planning it out, but as you are evaluating your work, you know, because everybody knows that copywriting is not just writing, editing is a big part of it, and of course, being a partner to your client and all of that, of course, but, but as you're editing. Go back to your brief to make sure that it meets all of the criteria that you're trying to meet within that brief. Am I talking to this audience appropriately? Am I getting this message across? Ooh, do they also need to know this? It's thinking from this audience's perspective. Is this going to bring up questions? Is this all of those kinds of things, but coming back to your brief. And then our students know the first time that you present work, especially to a new client, it can be very helpful to have the brief with you. So you can say, all right, so we did this project for X, Y, Z reason, and we wanted to make sure that we included this message about blah, 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 And you have that because you have the brief and you and the client have decided on that to begin with. So it can help them stay focused on what's in the project as well. Your brief is... is the closest thing that you have to a true guidepost. But again, once you get that brief, as you're exploring the messages, and we'll link back to that, the, the blank page panic, you are going to use your expertise and your knowledge of the client, your knowledge of what they're trying to convey, your knowledge of the target audience, to order those messages and say all right, well this one should come first and this one needs a little bit more information so maybe we put a subhead here okay well this one oh if we put this too early that's going to confuse them so let's put this down here all of those kinds of things and that's true quite frankly for big projects and it's, and it's even true for small projects even on a banner ad you need to think with that level uh, of what kind of messaging you're gonna fit in there. Even even if it's just a static tiny little image with a little bit of copy on it. In fact, as we were saying, those can be extra hard because you have so little copy. So it's always coming back to it's always coming back to your expertise. And if you're like, well, that's why we have so many, uh so many action sheets to practice with in the CCA. So if you are a student who's like, nah, I'll go back and do those later do them now. You want to get that practice in and the opportunity to get feedback in the Facebook group and from uh, from us and from our coaches now so that yeah. you learn to do all of that now before you start pitching clients. You get a creative, you and your client put together a creative brief and you sit down and go, oh my gosh, how do I do this? You want to get that practice in so that you are ready to, to take on those client projects when it's time for that. Yeah, and I
1: think one of the other things that trips copywriters up uh, that shouldn't. So if this is you, please don't overthink this. I know we're very <laughs> good at stop that it. as copywriters. Stop <laughs> it! Don't do it anymore. Um, but really, the the copy doc. I think this is one of the areas where, when you're thinking about all of these elements, and you're like, "But how do I? How do I structure my copy doc? How do I send this to the client?" And really, I think why people overthink this is because, again, it's it. There's not a black. It's a grayer area. Really the ultimate thing that it comes down to is that you that anyone could pick up your copy doc and understand what you're trying to convey. So for example, I spell things out just maybe more than the average person. So it'll be like headline and my headline and my copy. And then I put everything in brackets and, you know, intro text. And then it'll be like section one headline or hmm. subhead section one body text, section one call to action, and then section two headline. section Mm -hmm. two body text, section two call to action or whatever, if there's that many elements. So it's very clear when someone picks it up to say, okay, this is all copy tied to this one section, but here's where the headline ends and where the actual body text begins. Or if there is a subhead to say section one headline, section one subhead, whatever it is. Um, And not feeling like, there, there's no right and wrong in this. And I think that's what's trips and kind of roadblocks copywriters is that you're afraid to put yourself out there and to say, this is my recommendation, but no, that's, that is part of what you're doing. And it, it is definitely scary at first, I guess, uh, or just a little uh, uncomfortable. I'm going to say it's uncomfortable at first because you're, you you want to do this, right. You want to deliver a good copy to your clients. And you're like, is this, am I doing this right as long as they can understand what your intention is behind it is all that matters. So if you have a different way of going about it, great. Uh, but don't overthink it mm-hmm. as long as you're clearly labeling
0: each of the elements. Yeah. to communicate, but also you don't need to overcomplicate and you don't need to design yep. for them. Image should go here and image would have this, this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can make suggestions, but make suggestions in conversation with, with the designer. It is, you don't have to creative direct, your copy doc. It should be just as simple mm-hmm. as Kate said. It's not something like uh, playwriting or um, or screenwriting, where if you don't follow the, the format, people are going to go, oh, they don't know what they're doing. Most of your clients have probably never even seen a copy yep. doc. Um, so as long as you just make it clear what they're looking at, and what you intend to go in what order, because hierarchy certainly matters in projects. Mm-hmm. We know that. But as long as you make that clear to, to your point, that to your point, Kate, that's going to that will do its job. Yeah. And sometimes you might you might end up working with a UX designer,
1: so a user experience designer. And they might wireframe something like a a landing page out or a sales page out. And you might actually already have kind of the sections that they've strategized. Mm-hmm great, that kind of takes a little work off of your plate in terms of thinking through, you're still gonna think through and and make sure and communicate with them if something doesn't make sense from your perspective in terms Mm -hmm. of telling the story that you need to tell. Um, But you can work with them to to make that happen. And then sometimes that person won't, that role won't exist. And then it's on you to really think through those elements and how how it lays out on the page and the hierarchy, like Nikki said. So Mm -hmm. know that there's different ways this can take shape. Uh, but it ultimately you want to use your brain and put your best foot forward and not mm-hmm. be afraid to speak up and say, Hey, you know, yes, we had a UX person do this, but I'm, um, as I dug in and as I started writing copy this, we don't actually need this section or, Oh, I think we actually need a second one section like this, this similar format so that we can tell this piece of, of the story or whatever it is. So know that if that role happens, that it doesn't, Take away from your job by mm-hmm. any means. Do you still want to play an active role uh, versus a passive role and just saying, like, yep, I'm gonna write the copy exactly to this, this what they did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If it makes sense, great, but if it doesn't, mm-hmm. speak up.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, every copywriting project is going to come back to the fundamentals. And that is mm-hmm. that is where you need to start with every copywriting project. I think copywriters who have maybe a year or two under their under their belts start to kind of stray from this and just kind of sit down and write. And then they go, oh, my project went off the rails. I don't know why. It's because they didn't start with the fundamentals of really looking at, okay, what am I trying to convey here? Who is this target audience? What are they going through? Where are mm-hmm. they in their experience? What do they need to hear and then from there, that's where that's what everything is going to is going to mm-hmm. fall from. And also, as you're explaining things to your client, that's what it's going to come back to. When they say, "Well, why did you say this here?" you say, "Well, great question. I put that here because we're trying to convey this. And at this point, they need to know ba 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 mm-hmm. when." I, when you skip the fundamentals, that's when you get into trouble because you don't have reasons for doing the things you did. Yeah. You know, you sit down. Well, I'm just going to sit down. I'm just going to write this sales page. I'm just going to write this email, and then you just kind of wrote it, stream of thought, or and and it doesn't work because. There was no foundation, no underlying strategy behind it. So every project and what you're going to include in that project and, and how um, you're going to structure What you're not going to include in that
1: project is sometimes just as important because there are elements you might, that might sneak in there that you actually don't need there that based on the user journey, they're like, We've, we, we don't need to know this. Why is this important to this right now? Mm-hmm. And when you sit and look at it, you're like, oh, it's, it's not. Oh, so just yeah. as important what goes in is
0: what doesn't go in hmm exactly, exactly. And you wanna have that conversation with yourself yes. before you're presenting that to your client. Because if your client's going, why is this in here? And you go, oh, shoot, that doesn't look great. Or also, why is this in here and you don't have an answer for why something is in there, it's not gonna look great. So start out with that strategy and that's gonna guide the entire structure. Mm-hmm. Is it a simple, pretty little answer? Is it a, put this in one and then put this in two and then put this in three? No, of course not. But if it were a simple pretty little answer, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't command the rates that we do for the high value work that we that we mm-hmm. deliver.
1: That's no. why we're not afraid of chat GPT. No. To bring it up again. But <laughs> this episode sums up why. Yeah. Best of luck robots. Yeah,
0: one of the many reasons. Yes. Best of luck. Yeah. Okay. So. We've given you uh, a lot of stuff to think of, think about. uh, And CCA students, this might be an opportunity or at least a a good reminder to go back and look at some of the fundamentals. Go back and rewatch some of the videos in the foundations course. Even if you're like, I've been doing this for a while, go back and just see if there's stuff that makes you go, oh, you know, I need to, I need to remember to do that in this next project because there's always stuff that kind of sneaks away, but we never, we never move, move past the fundamentals. So maybe a good little reminder to go back and take a look. And so with that, we will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye everybody. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.